This morning message I've titled um, Foundations of Fruitfulness and as, as if you've been around a little bit we have introduced the theme already this year in, in the life of the church as being fruitful and I believe it, it's something that as the year goes on I hope that something will get in your spirit or get on you about being fruitful with the things of God in your life. Don't take this as a gimmick. I preached on Friday night uh, at Friday night church that we shouldn't take these things as gimmicks because we've had, we've had growth one year. We've had, we've had uh, what was last year? Freedom last year uh, and, and things like that. Now, we don't ju- I don't just go, oh, what's a good catchy slogan? What's other people doing this year? But I believe they're birthed in the spirit from prayer and fasting and from hearing from God what he wants us to, to focus on in the year. It's not going to be the only thing we preach about, um, but I think it's important that we don't miss those those stages together as a church to to take the the opportunity to grow and to do things together as a fellowship and that's what these things are all about but revelation 2 um verse 7 um i will get to that in a second i'll just keep keep uh, on, on a few thoughts here um it was great having church friday night who enjoyed it who was here and i want to thank all those who prayed and 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 joined us in fasting this week um I, I must say, there's never a good time to fast. I don't, doesn't matter when you did it, it was never going to be good for me. Um, I love food too much. But I know um, during that time, God does open things in my spirit. Just to, to recap on fasting, we don't fast so that God owes us anything. We fast so that it opens our spirit that we can hear things better from God. That's what it's all about. It's not, oh God, I fasted for, for 19 days, you owe me one. That doesn't affect God at all. It, 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 if we go into it like that, then we'll get nothing. But what we do is we're saying, God, I want to deny my flesh. And we don't do it so we harm ourselves either. There's lots of reasons why people shouldn't fast if there's medical problems and other things. So we've got to be wise. If you, if you are in those categories, talk to your doctor. Do something that you can do that denies something physically so that you can tune in spiritually. That's why we, we fast. Um, anyway, today I want to pick up from what, what we took, looked at on Friday night and um, we looked at some of these things that, that if, you, if you need to know, listen to the, to the podcast, wheels within wheels. Um, we looked at not being pressured by the tutors behind us. That's, that was a really good message that may help people if you, if you listen to that uh, from Friday night. Um, and, and also I think the main bit was those who are, in the Get the Donkey Ministry. So you need to listen to that. I'm not going to explain it all tonight, uh, today, but uh, you can listen to that on the podcast and hopefully it helps you. Um, another thing we also touched on was, was this little word called discernment um, and having hearing ears that hear things in the spirit. We call that, we, we have a word for that, it's called discerning, discernment. And uh, discernment is the ability to judge and evaluate and recognise what's from God and what's not. Um, and we've got to listen to Friday's message and, and maybe it'll speak to you about that. But um, uh, foundations of fruitfulness. In our discipleship journey with Jesus, Jesus calls us to walk with him and to enjoy the satisfaction of life with a reason. Because I know some, some time we can... We can be in church, we can go to church because our friends are there, we maybe grew, grew up there or whatever, um, and, 
go through emotions of, of all this stuff and it can become just a religious type of activity. And then when you boil all that down, it thinks, but what is the purpose of this? Why do I do this? And you've got to ask yourself that question. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus, why am I here? You know, is it, is it to, to meet up with my friends again? Is it because I get a free barbecue now and then? You know, ask yourself these questions. And I hope fundamentally you can answer that question in a way that says, I'm here because I sense the drawing and the purpose of God to be here. To be part of a community that is doing something, that builds something in me, that I build something in others, that we build something into the world that, in which we are in. That's why we're here. So getting to Revelation, I'll jump the gun a little bit. But um, Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, we, we spoke about this on Friday night. It says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give... Look at this. I'll see, see how clever I am. I will give... Oh, if you're looking at that one. I will give you fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. <clears throat> fruit from the tree of life. And as I've already mentioned, our theme this year is being fruitful. And I hope that you experience fruitfulness from the tree of life. It's something that is not from this world. It's not something from, from uh, our, our natural abilities or talents. It's not something that's going to come out of our, our, our natural gift. Because we, we can have things that come out of our gift. If, if you have gifts in your life or certain things, aptitudes. I'm, I'm saying this is, this is going even deeper than that to a level where you're saying, I could never, ever have imagined that that could have happened in my life. It's the things that are so far away, so impossible. That's the kind of fruit that we're talking about that comes from God that wants to uh, be evident and outworked in our life. Is that okay so far? So, I, I mean, I, I say this a lot, but... But my natural instinct, my, 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 my uh, base thing is negativity. I mean, I, I love it. It's, just, it. it's on me all the time. I can't. And, and what I do now, this is honest truth, is I, I write my messages and they're all negative. And then I look at every statement and I reverse it to make it positive. I don't know what it is, but it's just like... You know, I used to go to, I used to, go to church as a, as a kid. And I hated it. I did. I, I hated church. I used to think, I can't wait till I can say I never want to go over again. But then I used to go to church and the preachers used to be grumpy old men. But now I'm just a grumpy. <laughs> You're thinking, some people are saying, yeah, and the other part too. But I want to give you three enemies um, that make life fruitless. So we're going to start with the negative first. But I'm throwing in every, uh, the positives into those negatives so, you, so they won't be negative and make you feel bad. So the first thing that, that is an enemy to fruitfulness in your life, because it's not just, oh, I want to be spiritually fruitful. I can walk around pre, uh, uh, um, uh, telling everyone all the scripture verses I know. Who knows? Like, and people who do that annoy me. I only know five, five uh, uh, scriptures on a good day. On a bad day, I might be able to remember one. So, you know, if you're really good at that, that's a really great blessing in your life and keep it up. <laughs> Sorry. Three enemies that make life fruitless. Number one is laziness. And that laziness is the unwillingness to work or use energy. Um, 
The scriptures there, I'll, I'll read them out to you. Uh, Proverbs 18 verse 9 in the New Living Translation, and I didn't put them in my notes either. That's how clever I am, even though they're in big writing. But uh, that, that tells you about what laziness is. Uh, Proverbs 10 verse 4 uh, as well. Um, hang on, it is there. I did, I did write that first one down. It says, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Uh, so, so you might think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved in, in developing, developing anything in my life. Um, so you think, well, what, how, how bad can that be? Well, it just means that it's not only is nothing getting done, but you're actually dismantling and destroying what's already there. That's scary. So um, that's Proverbs 18 verse 9. The next one there, um, uh, Proverbs 10 verse 4 says, Lazy people are soon poor, hard workers get rich. And, and that is to be applied in our spiritual walk with Jesus and uh, how we work that. Oh, look at that. Amazing. <laughs> the second one that works against fruitfulness in your life is not that. It's isolation. Isolation is, is deliberate separation from other people. Proverbs 27, 17, we, we talked about this on Friday night, is as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So I've got a few points there uh, about not being isolated. Healthy friendships. We need friendships. You know, it's, it's always easy to surround ourselves with people at our level who like the same things we like, who talk about the same things we talk about, who see the world in exactly the same way we see the world. Um, they're all in the same union. They're, they're all, all in the same, we all have the same surname or whatever it is that we, we kind of will surround ourselves with people of a similar situation and circumstance as ourselves. But it is good to have healthy friendships who, in a way that are developing us, challenging us, and taking us further than what we could on our own. It's finding a peer, a peer group that is actually, that challenges us to get better. So healthy friendships. You know, it, it, it is okay to stay within the familiarity of, of friends that we've had for years or people we've grown up with and always known. But you know what? That if we stay in that environment, we, we don't grow to the full potential of what we could do. So I challenge the, the prayer team this morning who come out to pray at nine o'clock which is open to everybody, by the way. But I, I challenge people there today, for this year, to try and meet someone you've... You know, you could be in this church, a relatively small church, but go across the room and start meeting people you've never met before. I explained this morning that I was in a church for six months. And Paul and myself, we, we, we... Six months. Saw this new face in church and went to this guy and I said, Hey, are you new here? No, I haven't seen you here before. And he goes, Not been here about 16 years. I was like, I've never seen you here before. His, his regular attendance was about that often. But I want to challenge us to, to this year cross the room and meet people in church. Find out their names. Find out who they are. And you just never know how in those connections it will grow your world. It will grow, it will grow your world. Uh, the third thing there uh, oh, no, about um, isolation, don't isolate yourself. Be accountable. Have people who can tell you. Have people who can tell you what you don't want to hear sometimes. That, that's, a, that's another 
uh, important factor because isolation says no one tells me and I'm always right. It works for me, uh, not, not really. Third one is invest time with your spiritual leaders. Uh, and we need spiritual leaders and mentors and coaches in our life. That's not a domination thing. It's not a control thing. It's, it's a relationship thing. And that's been abused and, and misused uh, sometimes in, and maybe you've, you've had that. But I believe there's something healthy and, and well in our church. We've got lots of good pastors. Pastor Michael, we've got Pastor Kylie. She's in kids' church. We've got Pastor Pauline. We've got Pastor Josh. We've got uh, Pastor Jimmy and Beth. They're all people in our church that you need to invest your time with. You know, and, and, and I'm in awe of our, wor- of our worship team now and how good they are. And we want to honour Jimmy and Beth all the time for the great investment they put into us. If you, if you can sing or play a banjo or, or piano accordion, go and see them. Say, I'm gonna, I want to get in. I want to get in the slipstream of where they're going. That's what it's about. Invest time with your spiritual leaders. That starts simply by being in church. You know, there's, there's people who, who say, hey, you know, they don't come to church, but they want special time with me or Pauline. Can I see you this week? I go, well, why don't you come to church? So what I preach would have been just what you needed. So start by being in church. That, that's, you know, I can't spend time with, uh, with people like Brian Houston, but I watch every Sunday morning. I make a, a, a time every Sunday morning at half past six and I watch Brian Houston and I get fed through that. I, I, I can't be in his world, but he can be in my TV. And, and we've got to find ways like that to, to, to enlarge ourselves spiritually. Uh, and I have other people, John Spinelli, these guys have come and preached for us, who, uh, Warren McMartin, men in ministry are way further down the track than I am, but I need them in my life because I talk to them about stuff. I go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that and, and it's mostly in my marriage. But wherever it is, I, ne- I need other people who are further down the track who can help me with where I am right now. But I look for people who have fruit. I look for people who, who've got it right. Yeah. I don't need someone else who's struggling with the same things and going, yeah, Rob, oh, well, you should have seen what I did when my wife did that. <laughs> you, let, you let her have it, man. I don't need that. I can do that myself. <laughs> but we, but the, the thing is, you, you've got you've to work against isolation. Because you can even have departments within church that work in isolation. Well, we're just a kids' ministry and you don't understand us and you never give us anything and, and we just run and, and no, we're not going to come to leaders' meetings. Or we're in the sound booth and, and you know, you always, always tell us off and, and never give us any, any, any money to, to buy new stuff and, and we, we just, no, we don't come to anything. We, we always, we're isolated. We don't do that. You want to you have a, a culture in your life which then translates to everyone else around you and then translates into the church that you're part of of, of community, of healthy relationships. Was that okay? We're getting through the negatives pretty positively. And number three, a thing that works against fruitfulness in your life is comfort. But isn't that what we all want? I love my comfort. That's why I don't like fasting. I'd rather feast. Comfort is the ease of life where we settle where it's easy. And, and it is a mistake as believers, as disciples of Jesus, to think, well, I got on this track because I thought it was all supposed to be easy. Ugh, wrong theology. Graham, where's Graham this morning? He gave me a, a book um, this week, a little pamphlet from, from, is it 
what's it called? Open Doors, organisation called Open Doors. And in that, there's stories of Christians all over the world and their message to us is they don't want persecution to stop where they are. We're talking about countries like Iraq, Egypt, uh, China, where, where it, it's, it's maybe in some of those places not illegal to be a Christian, not illegal to be a believer in Jesus Christ, but it's certainly very uncomfortable. And in some countries it is illegal to own a Bible. It is illegal to pray. It's illegal to come together as a group of people and have someone preach the word and worship together. That's against the law. It'll put you in jail for a long time. They say we don't want that to stop because it refines us. It causes us to to dig deeper into God and all those sorts of things. So when we see things changing around us in Australia, we can't say, well, we've got to run away and hide somewhere. Where can we go? Let's all get on an island with machine guns and protect ourselves. But comfort, the ease of life where we settle where it's easy. It's taking the, the easy way, the path of least resistance. I'll remind you of James versus uh, uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, and I'll paraphrase it for you this morning. But he says this, When trouble comes your way, be happy, it's making you grow. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, James. What do you know? When trouble comes your way, be happy. It's making you grow. We need to, we need to consider some of the challenges we have. No bodybuilder gets stronger by lifting the lesser weight. They've got to start saying, well, this is the weight that I've got to go to next. So new challenge means new weight. Just c consider those things this year when it comes to your growing. So to have a fruitful life, put the three enemies behind you. If you want to be fruitless, put them into practice. That's okay, you can do that too. You can say at the end of the year, go, I did everything you said and I'm totally fruitless. Thank you. That'd be awesome. But you want to put those things behind you and you'll see fruit starting to develop in your life. I've got a lot to get through. I better keep going real, qu real quick. So points to being spiritually fruitful. I'm calling them foundations today. Um, in the word fruitful, because you might be thinking this is all a little bit spooky, a bit weird, uh, I'm meaning fulfilled, accomplished, satisfied in every part of life. But I don't mean be comfortable. So I don't want you to be so comfortable that you stop. Because sometimes we think comfort's a goal. That's where I want it. I just wanted everything to be good. I wanted to pay off my debts. I wanted to own my own car. I wanted to have my, my own greyhound. I wanted to have you know, all, all these other things. And now I'm comfortable. Now life stops. I just turn up for church and enjoy. We don't want to be in that place. So um, it's my conviction that following Jesus is the most fruitful life you can have. And Jesus even promised that. So... If you need wisdom, you can find it in Jesus. You will find it in Jesus. If you need boldness, you'll find that in Jesus. If you need gladness, you'll find that in Jesus. If you need direction, you'll find that in Jesus. Whatever you need, Jesus has you. That's why he said, come to me, all you who are weary, all you, have, all you who have burdens, and I'll give you rest. That's in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, by the way. So we're going to look at... at um, 
some keys this morning, the foundations of fruitfulness. The first one that I know if you will apply, I've called them the word of God applied, will produce something in you. Isaiah 55 verse 11, it's on the screens there. It says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it what? It always produces fruit and it will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So every now and then I don't do it as enough as I would like, as I would like to, but I, I like to get away for at least one or two nights somewhere away from home where I can uh, spend time with the Word of God and, and, and praying and, and seeking God. Last November, uh, I did that for a couple of days um, just for a special time with God. And something that I recommend everyone should do, I, I've been doing this before, you know, when I've been a pastor, when I've not been a pastor, I've just done it as, as a, a thing to do. I remember years ago, I, I reckon just before Josh was born, um, I left my very pregnant wife and went down to, to um, Lake Alexandrina somewhere and hired this caravan and, and just spent some time with, with God. Got away from the crazy wife. Uh, no. No, I, I would I, I No, I wouldn't have done it for that reason at all. But it, it's something I recommend that every believer should do. Every disciple of God should say, I'm just going to start, even if it's one night. And sometimes you're thinking, no, I'm here, I'm, I'm hungry, uh, it's cold, it's windy. But in all that, sometimes it's not until you come back that you, you realize that God is speaking to you. But you, you've had that time out to hear and to listen. Um, what was I getting at here? So that, just last November, I, I was away and, and I, I had one little USB. I, th I think it might have just been left in the car by accident. And it was from Paul Scanlon. And I don't know if you know Paul Scanlon. He, he's, uh, he's English, uh, great um, challenger and, and a thinker uh, in, in our walk with God. And, and I was listening to one of his messages while I was on my, my uh, little retreat. And uh, he mentioned this, and it, he mentioned a comment. It, it refers to Habakkuk 2.2. I don't know what I'm going to say today. Um, don't turn to anyone next to you and say Habakkuk. Don't, we're not going to turn to anyone and say anything today. How's that? Don't turn to the person next to you and say anything. I always say turn to the person next to you. Habakkuk 2.2 says this. Then the Lord said to me, write my, message, uh, sorry, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So what Paul Scanlon brought out of this message is he recognised that it's a mistake to give responsibilities to sitters. When we give responsibility to sitters, they won't do anything with it. Uh, the key point is let's not be sitters, people. We can't be sitters. We have to choose to be runners with the word of God in our life. Choose to be the one who runs. If you listen to Friday night's message, this will make sense. Choose to be the disciple who just goes and gets the donkey. It doesn't seem like a real great plan for my life, God. But if you choose to be the one who will just go, well, I'll get the donkey. Now, I'll just give you some examples. We come to church week by week, but... But we always sit on chairs because someone put the chairs there. We come into a clean church because someone vacuumed the carpet. We go into the, 
We, we, we go into kids' church because there's kids' leaders there. Because someone put thought into what they're going to do with the kids. We come into church and we have musicians and singers there because someone came together during the week and planned what the service was going to look like. And they, they, they honed in on their skills and they, they, they just got the donkey. It'll all make sense if you check out Friday's message there. But the key point is it's let's not be sitters with what God's investing in us spiritually. We've got to apply the word of God. We have to run with it desire to produce something and we we can do something with the message because the message that God has put in us will never not produce something the only time it will produce nothing is when we're lazy remember because a lazy person is like someone who destroys things so we've got to be a person who says God I want to run with the word that you put in me when we start to apply that word in our life it will produce fruit it has to so the first key there is is apply the word of God the second key to foundations of fruitfulness is is apply faith faith apply see the word of God your Bible is full of faith seeds that get in our spirits or they get on us in a sense so faith is applying the word of God to real life because faith is in my my interpretation it's practical believing it's it's believing that is practical it, it, it's we we live what we believing application of life skills learnt things like integrity where our motivations are coming from, uh, care and love for other people. They all originate in the word of God when we apply that to living, believing. I want us to be believing and living the same thing. Believing God and when we live like that, that equals faith. And faith living produces fruitfulness. Life living by biblical principles is faith we can say well I, I i know it all i believe it all but if you don't actually apply it that's not faith james again says a lot about that we're not going to go there this morning but sorry romans 10 verse 17 says this sorry i, I haven't got that one here either i need bigger glasses or something when you read the word of God, your Bible, it's full of seed. And when God said that I, wherever I send out my word in Isaiah, it always produces fruit. You think, well, what's that going to look like in my own personal life? It means when, when you see something for the first time, or maybe you've read it for many times, and you go, wow, that suddenly means something that I never saw before, then you go, well, I'm going to apply that now to my situation in my workplace or with my friends or with my family that it's around me. We apply those things. So it's not a weird thing to try and, you know, living by the word of God, it's not a weird thing to try and impress others with about how much you know. The amazing thing I find is the devil tempted Jesus with, what he knew of God's word, but it was twisted. He twisted the word. But faith is activated. Faith 
motivates our praying. I just mentioned some people here today. Lulu and Fumi were um, they're here today because of faith prayers. You know, they, they probably don't know this. I don't know if I've ever, ever told them, but uh, many years ago we were here with, with a group of men praying and I'll be saying, Lord, we pray for Africans to be in our church. We pray, that, you know, we pray for, for people we need to build the house of God that you know that, that they need us to help them too. And they might be in England right now and I didn't know when I prayed that prayer seven years ago. There's a couple there in England um, working out the things of God and, and Lulu and Fumi, God directs things through England to, to Adelaide, to Cummins, to Port Lincoln and, and brings us all together. It's an amazing thing. The third one is activating our faith is prayer. My notes have gone everywhere here. I even did big writing too. It's called blindness is what I'm suffering with today. Nah. It's all right. I'll just catch where I'm at. Prayer applied. That's the third foundation. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And there's, there's many, many other verses on praying in the Spirit. And I think that takes us to a whole new level of praying for fruitfulness is and I think the very important key to praying effectively is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit to such a level that our praying isn't at a, a base level. And most of the times we're praying for things like, Lord, you know, I, I, I just want the lawnmower to start. Lord, I, I just we need a car park. Now, they're all nice things to pray about, but God wants us to be praying about deeper things that burden his heart, that have an effect in the kingdom. The, that's spirit-filled praying that goes beyond just our, our, personal, uh, our personal lifestyle and needs, but takes us into connecting with the, pur the purpose and plans for eternal reasons, for the world around us to be saved. So it's really, really important that we, that we activate ourselves in uh, praying in the Spirit. We've got to hang on to and believe that God has a, a purpose in, in our life and, and how we can change others around us. So the three, the three uh, keys together and foundations of fruitfulness is the Word of God applied is faith applied and prayer applied. These are all things that we ought to be developing in our own personal experience, in our own lives. But they're also things that we ought to be developing and working on and, and being committed to as a church, as a, as a fellowship, as a family of believers. So some people hear you, You'll have to confront the enemies before you can apply the foundations of fruitfulness. 
as we start off another year, it's a great time to set goals in a spiritual way. A great time to, to, to refresh ourselves again, to re, um, realign ourselves with what our plans are for the future. Always put God in the plan for your future. I'd say make him the plan. The question is, can we embrace ourselves around the good things God has planned for our church and for us? Hopefully you can answer, yes, I want to embrace myself around the plans that God has for our church. I want to pray for those here today desiring the Holy Spirit. You might think, well, I've, I've had prayer to receive the Holy Spirit and I was disappointed, nothing happened. Well, just keep asking until you get it. Just don't stop until, until you receive it. You know, I think one of the big, the big curly questions that many people have in life is, the, um, is that of unanswered prayer. But people say, well, I prayed about this or that, but I didn't get, I didn't get an answer. James 1 tells us to, to ask God without wavering. And that means don't keep changing your mind when you're asking God about anything at all. Just keep focused on it. If you need that job, pray into it. If you need that business opportunity to open, pray into it. But don't pray and then speak against it because your words will either confirm or deny God's moving into that prayer. I'll just go back to a story. Around about 1992, I was coming back from Queensland and stopped in a place called Byron Bay. And the church I wanted to visit actually wasn't on that morning. I went to, to this church and there was no one there. And so I went, oh, where else can I go? And I found this other church in the 3C movement or triple C church. And I went there and lovely church. And they'd been there about two years. And I was amazed. I thought, wow, look at this building. Great building, great musicians, great worship good preaching, uh, looked like they had it all together. And afterwards I spoke with a pastor and I said, hey, um, did, did they send you here like with a whole team of people to start this? He said, no, it was me and my wife basically. And, and I said, where did all the musicians come from? What about the building? He goes, we just prayed it in. He goes, we just prayed it in. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. Because he wasn't praying about things that, that he needed. He was praying things for the house of God things for the church. And so from then on, um, that, that answer that he gave me, I've used that method ever since. And we've seen so many answers to, the, to, the, to these prayers here in this church. When, when we didn't have money to do things, I was saying, God, help us to, to, to do what we need to do. Just praying in faith. We need to embrace ourselves around the good things that God has planned for our church and for us. Why don't we stand to our feet? And I know often in church we'll say, well, come on, we'll, we'll pray with you this morning. Uh, we'll lay hands on you and pray for you. When it comes to fruitfulness, it comes down to what you instigate in your own world. It's what seed you let land 
and how well you prepare the soil in your spirit as to what grows. We all know the story that Jesus spoke about, or you all, all might be familiar of the story where Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer scattering seed. He says some seed fell on, the, on a rocky path, some seed fell uh, you know, um, and grew up quickly and then, and then got choked out by, the, by other things, and other seed fell on good soil. And then produced a harvest 30, 60, 100 times more than what was planted. So you get to choose what soil that seed's landing on. The word of God's going out, goes out on Sunday. The word of God goes out when you open your Bible and say, Lord, will you speak to me? The word goes out every day when you're, you know, you're watching a Christian TV or something like that. The word's going out and it's going drop, 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 drop seeds all over your life. And, and you've got to say, well, God, am I going to be a rocky a, a rocky?" Uh, soil a rocky place that, 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 that I went wow I got enthusiastic yeah I want to serve God I'll, I feel the call of God I feel you know pastor pastor use me use me and then three months later say I feel used you don't want to be like that's a joke <laughs> you want you want to be the one it isn't hard as as rock where the, God's word keeps hitting you week after week but he's saying mm, it's not going to grow it's not going to grow it's not going to grow. It's not for me. Make it make full advantage of your life. And this morning, we're going to just bow our heads and I want each person here today to talk to Jesus and say, God, this year I want to prepare the soil of my life. I want to prepare the soil in my heart that whatever seed, I only need one seed to land and I can have a 100% increase in my life. At worst, it'll be 30% better for you. But we're going to spend a moment right now and just in your own way, close your eyes, maybe make an indication to the Lord that, hey, I want to be fruitful this year. Prepare the soil in my heart. Just in the quietness, just talk to Jesus right now. There's people here this morning and I know that just as you've been talking to God right now, there's been a spark, like suddenly something, the Holy Spirit is touching in you or, or, or doing something stirring within you and you don't even know what that's going to look like or how it's going to work. But I want you to go from here and run with that. I want you to make yourself available, start putting into some of those things that you've heard today in your personal life. Respond to that. I want to encourage everyone this week, as we go forward from here, that you can walk in victory. You can walk with wins. 
Each step that you step is progress. Each step is one, one step closer to running. doesn't matter where you're starting from today. You need to just make the decision to be fruitful this year. God will give you fruit from the tree of life. It's a tree in heaven. And that kind of fruit never spoils. It doesn't go off. And it's eternity. It's eternal. And it'll stay with you forever. I just want to bless you all, church, and pray. I'm sorry my message was a little bit disjointed everywhere. Tried, tried a new thing. Didn't quite work. More preparation. But I hope that, that as we move forward this year, that the Holy Spirit does something so well in us that we do something so well with God that we all become runners and not sitters with the call and purpose of God in our life. God bless you. Uh, I love you. We love you and pray you have a great week this week.